happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 260, episode 5 of Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive. Did that turn into a crow there? At the end? <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's Halloween. It's, it's spooky, spooky time, season. baby. Yeah, it's Howard it's, Dean it's crow. crow season all the time around here, man. The crows. But I, I think, you know, crows can remember a face, and I think they've decided I'm, I'm a good I'm a good egg because yeah, yeah, they, sure. they hang around my backyard or they're just like, this guy's this guy's soft. He's this scared of us. Watch, we, can run, we can run shit. Uh, anyways, this is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. And it's Friday, October 28th, Friday. 2022, which of course means it can only be one day. National Frankenstein Friday. Frankenstein Friday. Yep, that's yeah. what it's called. And I'm sure, I mean, that's also National Chocolate Day. Obviously, shout out that. Uh, internal medicine, first responders, equally important, pharmacy buyers and breadsticks. But there's something about Frankenstein Friday that just feels, I like that. I like the vibe of Frankenstein Friday. To quote you on our uh, brilliant basketball show, Miles and Jack, I'm Matt Boosies. What is it about Frankenstein and Friday, What is it about Miles? Frankenstein and Friday? I, you know, I don't know what it <laughs> is exactly, but I don't know. what I think it's just, uh, you know, they say, hey, celebrate it. Take in celebrate. some Frankie content or uh, read both editions of the book. Uh-huh. Heading into the weekend that a lot of people dress up like it's the full Greek freaky halloween weekend weekend yeah, yeah. so you know celebrate it's appropriate appropriate yeah. anyways yeah. my name is jack o'brien aka you keep saying you've got soda for me but not the kind you'd expect i confess pepsico's been a messin' where they shouldn't have been a messin' Ooh. and now i gotta get something off my chest these thighs are made for washing don't mind their lighter hue every day i wash these 
thighs with soap that's made of Mountain Dew. That is not true. Okay, first of all, Blake Rogers, but thank you for the AKA. I just watched it with straight Mountain Dew. Just oh, yes. straight up. Straight up. Straight and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. It's Miles Gray, a.k.a. Then they drew my face dun, 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 based off of my genome. <laughs> now I'm six foot eight, blue hair and green eyes. Oh, they made my face. Ooh, off of some phenotypes of shit. Looks racist as fuck. Okay, shout out to yeah, Fighter the Nightman, who was very oh. clear to say it's I'm a believer, but the smash mouth version. Yeah. So I would respect that. I try to get my little somebody, you know, get that little <laughs> that twang in there. Uh, I was wondering why that was your vocal warm up today. Just, you yeah. just kept saying, somebody, body. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Miles, hmm. we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by oh, one of are. the funniest comedy writers doing it anywhere, the creator and writer behind Burb Rights, Burb mm. Rights, Bird's Rights activist on <laughs> <Birds>. Twitter, uh, <laughs> writes for the amazing YouTube show, Some More News with Cody Johnson. She studied psychology and evolutionary biology at Where? a school in Boston. Okay. <laughs> Shout out Don't that worry area. about it. Uses her background to host the brilliant podcast Creature Feature, where you learn all the weirdest shit you didn't know you wanted to know about mm -hmm. various creatures, including the weirdest and grossest creature of all mankind. Please welcome, <laughs> coming all the way from Italy, the Italy. brilliant and talented Katie Golden! It's -a me, Katie. See? <laughs> Okay, wow. Just had to very bring that good. back. Oh, I should I back. should have voiced Mario. It should have been me. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I've been saying. How is Italy? It's not too late. Katie. And I did I did check with you before. I was like, so you admit you're in Italy, right? Yeah. She admitted. Okay. I admit it. Yeah. It's uh it's pretty Italy. It's um It's pretty Italy. <laughs> it's it's pretty Italy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we got a little, b a little, just a little, you know, chef's kiss of fascism going on here, which a is, hint. you know, not great. Mm. But the, I actually did a whole thing on this on uh, the the even more news podcast. But essentially, the Italian government is set up to trip on its own dick like constantly, and that does make it harder for fascists to like do a takeover. So that's that's. Wow. A silver lining to the situation. Oh, shout out Dick Trips. <laughs> yeah. Fighting fascism. <laughs> Once again, shout out Dick Trips. <laughs> so ineffectual governance is going to help Save make the day. your version of fascism, which is already, it's nearing American levels of fascism. Right. But it's yeah. kind of avowed and officially fascism, and it's still... Does, it's still missing some of those sweet, sweet ingredients that we have going on over here. So Yeah, I mean, it's funny because it is like Maloney's party is a re-re-re-rebrand of the neo-fascist movement that remained, lingered after Mussolini. And her platform is a good deal less fascist than a lot of Republicans. Republicans in the U.S., that's not to say she's good. She's right, still, right. like, she praised Mussolini when she was, like, a teenager. She, she was like, yeah, he's a good politician, and everything he did, he did for Italy. So, you know, she's not, like, I think she's trying to play nice right now because she knows if she pulls out the fascism card too fast right now, like, 
Europe is going to be mad at her. Right. So, yeah, yeah it's know. still early days. I was I was just reminiscing about the days when we were shocked that Trump admitted he fired Comey over the Russian investigation. Like it was <laughs> it was the very early days, and we were like, "Oh my God, we got him, folks!" This, this send in the that chopper. Should, that should wrap it up. Yeah, it's funny that we're dick tripping our way into fascism because yeah. the government is so ineffective. <laughs> People are like, man, fascism w- looks way cooler than this bullshit. Well, yeah. I think our gravitational center is fascism. Right. You know, that's right. where that's where we've always wanted to be. I think even worse, it's slavery. So, you know, especially now is like, you know, on the ballot in some states, people are like, so forced labor for prisoners? Okay. No? All right. Never mind. Never mind. Slaves in 2022 and beyond. I feel like we're going to, like, there's going to be an actual push to bring back child labor soon. I feel it. It's going to be something about how kids, kids these days, you know? Right. And like, they need, you know what? They need to figure out how to, they don't know how to use a like a circular saw. <laughs> yeah, step right up. It's They're like, already doing their on their work in the metaverse, so why not just move <laughs> it to the universe? I see them building stuff in Fortnite all the time in Minecraft. I mean, I see conservative memes where they're like, back in the day when you were 14, you went to war for your country. Now when you're 14, you choose your pronouns. It's like, yeah, let's bring back the days when we killed children and turned them into (laughs) child soldiers. Like back in the day, they got black lung working in the coal mine and died by by the time they were 12 years old. Like today, they go to school and get hugs from mommy. (laughs) We're all wistful for for the days of World War One, right? Yeah, they just sent children into a They're literal like, meat grinder. I remember mm-hmm. when I, I I was going to work at the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory, <laughs> and it was we were just a bunch of kids and people making a hard earned living. I missed my shift one day. I forgot. I don't know what happened to all of them, but <laughs> uh, these days the kids are all on the TikTok. And back in the day, it was shell shock. Yeah, there you go. Because we didn't okay. have a term for PTSD. Okay. <laughs> that young man yeah. is shell-shocked. All right, Katie, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about. We're talking about the the big issue of the day, of the millennium, is that we're rapidly hurtling towards irrevocably self-fucking the entire world through climate change. Yeah. Oops. Then we're going to move on to what we're using to distract ourselves from that, which is like hand to hand combat sports um there's a there's a new fed in pro slap fighting yeah. leagues so we'll talk about that which sounds much less dangerous than it actually is so you see a re- a, a bout and you're like um that yeah. person has like total hearing loss in that ear yeah yeah and one person died oh shit really? last year wow. yeah, yeah yeah okay o- overseas but and then maybe we'll get into some Halloween costumes. I think we should. Sexy nurse Halloween costume, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer Halloween costume, all the all the Halloween costumes you should not be this year. With the, the official stance, bad idea. How not here. to wean it up? Yeah, hey, exactly. There you go. What's Halloween like over in Italy? The same. Uh, it's same pretty, vibes. It's, it's pretty boring. Uh, no, it's not the same vibe. Sadly. Yeah, I, I mean, like, some they'll put some pumpkins out. It's mostly, I, I've learned that ho- the way that people just go hog wild for Halloween is a pretty American thing. And mm-hmm. I do miss that a lot about America. Love the love the universal health care here. Do miss the Halloween. Because, uh, yeah, n- yeah, 
kids don't go trick-or-treating this year. And I just, I, I think that is a real shame. I think that going around and hounding people for candy as a kid is such a, uh, you know, yeah, it's like, it's such a, it's, it's such a unique experience to shake right. people down for candy while dressed as, you know, I don't know, a spooky Garfield. Yeah. So, it's the number it's one thing. costume this year. So you spooky heard Garfield. that America's number one costume this year is Spooky Garfield. <laughs> or, yeah, as the kids call him, Spoogar. <laughs> <laughs> what is something, Katie, from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Oh, yeah. So I did a Google search recently of uh, can most people imagine smells? Because I was actually on my podcast talking about like smell and stuff and like, uh, me and Jason Pargin talking about like how I can't imagine smells and he cannot. And now I'm like, wait, how like how many people can imagine a smell and how many people can't and what's going on? Mm, Do you guys what, can you guys imagine smells? I describe the process like, yeah, I, can put like it, I, can, I can almost like have a phantom sense of it. I'm like, oh, and I'm right now I'm smelling this or whatever yeah exactly like can you like have like a phantom scent of cinnamon i mean like you know like when you imagine like something you're not literally seeing it mm-hmm. and right. when you're imagining a smell you're not literally smelling it but can you kind of bring that oh, smell yeah. to mind you know oh, what yeah I mean? yeah i could definitely do that yeah yeah i mean well jason pargin is a cloud of nanobots are we are we admitting that on this or actually uh, I think did he reveal that on yours yeah yeah I signed yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said that. All right, Sorry, we'll cut that yeah. out. Justin, cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I can, but it's actually harder than I expected when you said that. I'm like, right. yeah, so like I know what a smoky smell is, right? And it's, yeah, the way I think, the way, the way I'm imagining it is like I can almost, there are certain smells that hit different parts of my sinuses differently. Mm. So, mm-hmm. If I'm like trying to evoke something, I'm like almost physically bringing more awareness to that part of my sinuses or something to like kind of because I feel like that's where a certain scent might resonate more. That's I'm just trying to give you a glimpse into how I do this. Yeah, that's really interesting. I have really strong sense memories tied to smell. Like just yeah, I think that's I think that's what it is. Is I can recall smells. I can like get a specific version of a smell and bring that to mind. I can't if you gave me like words and be like, it's a lilac mixed with coconut. Like I I would not be able to put those things together. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I I have an extremely strong sense of smell. So like if someone's eating like tuna a mile away, I start gagging. You know, why are you bringing up my tuna now? (laughs) Or maybe if they're eating it in another part of the earth, I can even smell right now during a Zoom call. Yeah. (laughs) I Miles can is smell housing a foot long tuna sub right now as we speak. <laughs> hey, I didn't have breakfast, man. <laughs> Those are great sounds for a podcast. Tuna yeah. subs on a podcast, very yeah. good. Yeah, no, I mean, so, so I feel like it may because I I can very vividly think of smells, and sometimes it's like not a great thing because if it's a bad smell, then it's like then right. it's there, and that's bad. Yeah. I can do it all. I feel like I could recall like a, a terrible porta potty I'd been in. I yeah. could recall oh, yeah. like uh, the smell of like the ups, like going up the stairs of my grandmother's house in Japan. Like I feel like there are a yeah. few things that I could really like transport myself in because whenever I smell certain things like cedar wood or something, I'm like, oh shit. 
Yeah. Who the fuck am I? One time someone threw up next to a Wetzel's pretzel at a mall, and I remember that smell really vividly. Oh, <laughs> Did it You're... ruin the smell of Wetzel's pretzels? Because that is nah. probably in my top 10 smells. Like, it did for I, a little bit, but yeah. not forever. Yeah. Salty, buttery. Can you do a difference yeah. between a Wetzel's and Auntie Anne's? I, I think don't. Auntie Anne's hmm. is... Actually, you... I don't think I can. Okay. Yeah. Just seeing, I'm just trying to see there's levels to it, you know? Like, could, yeah, yeah. could you do Mrs. Fields? Less vomity, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> I could, you could, could you do Mrs. I could do... I have one from the mall, which is uh, Mrs. Fields next to Bed ba- or Bath and Body Works. Wow. Oh. Yeah. That's a that's a journey right that's there. That's a that's a that's, that's an a assault. nice. It's a sugar cookie into warm vanilla sugar lotion. Mm-hmm. Um, at yeah, Bath and Body Works. So yeah, I love how aggressive Lush is with their sense. They don't they don't mess around. They're no. like, okay, we're gonna immediately punch you in the face, and if you don't like it, you can get the fuck out of our store. <laughs> what is something you think is overrated, Katie? Uh, Kanye. Am I right? Am I right, you guys? Oh yeah. The, Oh, yeah. Uh, Why? What happened? uh, (laughs) uh, No, I, but yeah, I mean, actually, so I'm finally living somewhere where I don't have to drive a car. And it's really amazing. I, I, I've, it's such a, cause like I've always kind of hated driving. And Mm. I imagined like, oh, if I could live somewhere where I don't have to drive, that would be really nice. But just the, the amount of quality of life improvement and being able to walk places is kind of mind-blowing. And I feel like it's kind of trendy now to hate cars, but I'm fully for that trend of, uh, right. of hating on cars because it's I, I've, I've grown to, like, become... I mean, you know, I understand that people still have to drive and, like, you know, it's based on luck whether you can live somewhere where you don't have to use a car, but it is... It's just, like, being able to walk to the grocery store is incredible, it, it's, it's like a, I just yeah. want a single orange, and I can make that happen, right? Mm. Without being like, "All right, let me gather my belongings and myself right. as I embark on a journey of like a like a mile or two to get one orange." Yeah, <laughs> I've I don't know. I think it's we're. I definitely I'm learning to hate cars. Like I like cars. Like I like looking at cars i like the design of cars but the more i drive my car the more i'm like i wish i didn't have to do this i wish i go Mm. bike like i wish there was more bike infrastructure i wish there was more walking infrastructure i wish there's better public transit i mean this is speaking to la specifically but when you start like when i started riding my bike more i definitely got that feeling of like man this is this feels so much better to be able to just get somewhere somewhat close by but also not have the hassle of firing up my car yeah, I'm curious as as it relates to climate change, since the the fear of around cities is really being dialed up as we as it gets more and more important that everybody start living in like more closer quarters so that we don't all have to drive cars everywhere we're going. Like, I, I wonder if there's any like, I, I guess we'll find this out in the museum they make after humanity is wiped out and the next people come. but. The like little it, cockroach it, museums that they yeah. make. Yeah, like, the little cockroach museums. <laughs> will, will they be like, the oil industry was behind the whole thing, making cities seem scary they even to people in the country. <laughs> Look at these dumb jerks. They didn't know yeah. they had it so good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's how I imagine a cockroach sounds like. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Honestly, I would take that as even Mario's voice, too. <laughs> that feels <laughs> like anything, but yeah. what is this place? Yeah. 
It's me, Mario, and the Mushroom Kingdom, well, it's in a bit of trouble. <laughs> uh, what is something you think is underrated? I mean, I actually, like, I just somewhat recently finished um, the Earthsea uh, books, and, which I had not read as a kid. I just read them as an adult by Ursula Le Guin. And I feel like I'm so shocked that I had never really heard of her until I was an adult because she's amazing. And I would have loved these books when I was a kid. And I feel like it's it's also funny because, you know, like I feel like people's experiences with uh, Harry Potter are getting somewhat tainted by J.K. Rowling just turning into like a hate monster these days. But like if you're if you feel that way, I would definitely read the Earthsea books because first of all, I actually think they are, you know, they're they're a it's such a it's a bigger world. Like they it builds such a larger world in terms of like this feeling of this great fantasies. And it has the same themes like wizards. There's like a wizard school. There's a lot of things I think that J.K. Rowling actually borrowed from these books, which normally is fine. Like when you borrow themes or ideas from other books, that's like, that's how you write books. Like that's how literature works. But the right. thing that kind of annoys me is I think that JK Rowling was like trying to basically say her books are better than fantasy. Like, Oh, mine aren't fantasy. They're magical realism. Like fantasy is just like fairies and unicorns. And my books are more, you know, they're more grounded than that. And it's like, dude, come on. You have like wizards and unicorns in your book. Why are yeah. you, and also just to kind of pretend like she's special or different from fantasy. It's like, no, you like pulled a lot of these themes from pre-existing fantasy books, which is fine. The, the These authors also pulled things from even older books. Like that's how it works. But to right. not acknowledge that is kind of crappy. Ooh, this Earthsea thing sounds cool, though. Like I was just reading the Wikipedia and it's like the whole world is comprised of just like tiny islands. Yeah. And ocean. Which yeah. Feels like a lot like what ancient Greece was like, right? Where right. it was mainly like, you know, the mainland and then a bunch of little island nations all like going to war with each other and stuff. I've always been fascinated with that and been like, somebody should write this book that it turns out already exists. So, Did it before you were born, loser. Yeah, turns out. <laughs> <laughs> Got any more brain busters? <laughs> 68, 70, and 72. That's dope, though. Yeah, no, it's that a really, great. it's a really good series. For for adults as well, I enjoyed it a lot, and I just finished it up a couple months ago. All right. Well, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about how uh, we all might be living on a series of tiny islands in the not-too-distant <laughs> future. We'll be right back. Zeit gang, customers are rushing to your store, but do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it, you know, like a literal P.O.S.? Well, you need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Connect with customers inline and online. Look, you want to use TikTok? Well, guess what? They have plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns on platforms just like that. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system. Or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Now, I was looking at Shopify.com, and I'm trying to get some answers. Let's say, uh, you know, how to 
bustling retail business and I need, you know, maybe uh, some hardware to be able to sell my wares on the street, take credit card payments, whatever. And I know Shopify is easy to use. Half the time I buy something online, I'm like, oh, yep, they're using Shopify. And if you need to learn more, check out their website. It's super easy to navigate whether you have questions about how you can optimize your inventory or, again, looking for hardware to make sales easier. Shopify.com has all of that. Just go there. Check it out. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash TDZ, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash TDZ to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash TDZ. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where... First-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island. And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Yep. And uh, it seems like every once in a while, the mainstream media will allow the world to check in with the reality of climate change and be like, oh, shit, we we didn't do this thing. Is it bad? Said, it's bad. <laughs> we said we were going to do. So, yeah, the latest assessment from scientists working with the U.N. has revealed uh, bad news. Yeah, real bad news. If They basically concluded that the one and a half degree Celsius threshold is now in serious peril. Uh, quote, this analysis finds that new efforts to cut carbon would see global emissions fall by less than one percent by 2030. Mm. When, according to scientists, reductions of 45% are needed to keep one and a half degrees Celsius in play. And mm. they say basically we're, we're, we're on the track we're on, we're looking at around 2.8 degrees Celsius by the end of this century. Two mm. is catastrophic. Two yes. is 
it, it's over for us. <laughs> like it's a, any any version of reality that resembles like what what we live in right now is is gone. Is, it's yeah, just war fully. and water wars and you know people being displaced constantly and well, hold just on, a Jack. Well, nightmare. Not, before the doom and gloom, just remember COP twenty seven is coming up in Egypt, the new, the climate summit where I'm sure they'll just pat each other on the back for not making the, uh, Jesus, I don't know what's going to happen at COP27, <laughs> a, a to be includes COP27. Yeah, ACAB does include <laughs> COP27 for sure. I mean, but it's it's really, really, I mean, you know, uh, Inger Anderson, who's the executive director of the, I think, UN Environmental Policy Institute, just one of these, uh, the scientific arms, said, quote, we had our chance to make incremental changes, but that time is over. Only a root and branch transformation of our economies and societies can save us from the accelerating climate disaster. We've got to take climate change with us wherever we go into the classrooms, into the boardrooms, into the voting booth, over the dinner table. We cannot let go. (laughs) (laughs) Climax change. Anyway, we cannot let go of climate change. And I think, you know, it's that that sounds about right. You know, it's like we could have done it incrementally fucking 30 years ago. Yeah. Nice and easy. There are natural disasters happening now that were predicted like over 30 years ago, and you'll read these papers. It's like, this is what will happen if we do nothing. But surely we'll do something, right? Right. And then it's right. like, oh, wait, was that today when we were supposed to do something about it? Right. Yeah. And then so like the, the and there are things that I think are like, like storms or earthquakes or, or th- things that people don't immediately connect to climate change. They're like, well, this is a hurricane. Why would this have anything to do with climate change? But like, no, that. This has to, you know, when you have global warming, it's not just about the temperatures in the world increasing. You ha- you mess with a very intricately interconnected climate system, which results right. in things like huge hurricanes that dump way more water on you than they would have before the change in climate. And so, yeah, it's I mean, we are it's like we're not this, we're already in it. And yet people are still denying it. So it gets a little depressing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think the one bright spot like that anyone that we can point to, which isn't really saying much, is like that they even talk about is, you know, like, OK, well, electric vehicle sales are exploding. That's one part of it. But there are whole industries that have to change. And like the other thing was that the Russian invasion of Ukraine, like disrupted traditional traditional energy markets that other places were like. Huh, maybe renewables as a last resort. Yeah. It also feels like we're getting inured to the news and like it, yeah. like the hurricane right. Ian caused more deaths in Florida than any hurricane in almost 90 years. Her, Florida, yeah. which is a place with lot, lots of hurricanes. I still remember like Hurricane Andrew, Hurricane Hugo, like those hurricanes that were like nationally iconic events and mm-hmm. now it's we we just kind of brushed past it. Like I had to Google what was the hurricane that just happened that caused the most deaths in Florida history almost ninety years ago because it, it just like didn't. I I think the there's something that's happening where people are like, well, this is impractical for my day to day life to let this reality in, and so we're right. just going to keep it moving. It's so yeah, it's all just so very bleak, and 
you can't blame human nature for not wanting to look this problem in the eye because the idea that the planet is going to fucking kill you because you mistreated it just seems like a fucked up movie plot. Right. And but this it's is like that it's that uh that movie the the planting the happening with the plants the angry right. plants the, yeah. Yeah, the leaves got mad yeah. <laughs> right i mean that would be that would be great if the leaves got mad and we're able to do yeah. something to stop it like it's it's truly like the the situation almost i i like has anybody done a democratic poll of like just if people are given the like reality of the situation can't imagine it's not overwhelmingly popular for everybody involved to be like we need to do something we're willing to make changes but it's we're being held hostage by like this status quo and this like global economic like global economic forces that are just yeah i mean yeah. it's such a strange and unprecedented situation where it's just like yeah there's like I mean, I guess like World War One and World War Two are similar, and it's like everyone's like, "Yeah, we don't want this to happen," and then they just like keep go moving towards it right. until it happens. Right. Like, yeah. right, no more atom bombs, though. Right. Right. <laughs> Unless okay after this one. All right, let's try a tactical nuke, though, real quick. Right. It is similar to nukes in that way because, like, if you pull the out, like, I, I don't feel a lot of doomerism about the average person like I, I really do think like the average human being would be willing to make sacrifices in order to make climate change better and in the same way that the average person if you're like hey do you want do you want there to be nuclear war you'd be like well hell no no I would never I would never want that to happen but then it's like well it's not up to us the people in power are the ones who get to decide whether or not nukes are used and it's right. a similar thing with uh, with climate change, it's like, well, yeah, we don't, you know, these like it, we so sometimes sort of have democracies, but kind of not. And like so much it, it's it, it does feel very maddening where it's like, yeah, it really reveals how difficult it is for the the populace, the people to have the power to do anything that would upset the status quo when it comes to you know, the economic reality of like the people at the top breaking in huge amounts of profits, like they're not going to want to shut that off unless right. they were somehow forced to. Like to your point, the average person is willing to make sacrifices to save the planet. The average fossil fuel executive is fucking not. Right. right. So, exactly. And they're also spending billions of dollars like as an industry to you know, market to, you know, just mind fuck the world into not being able to do anything about this. Yeah. You and, yeah. and you can kind of see like with the reaction of like the just stop oil, like climate activists oh or other God. climate activists in general, <laughs> yeah. there is a real interesting thing where like what they're saying is real. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're like, right. we're fucked. Capitalism is 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 absolutely tied to our inability to fucking pump the brakes on this system we have and figure like, hey, do we even want a fucking earth to even to yeah. fuck to begin with? I know you guys love fucking the earth, but you can fuck it to death and it will be over. And you see like in the comments immediately, I think people pivot to stuff like, oh, well, that super glue isn't going to actually stick to that table based on like <sighs> the sealant used on that desk or that lady has blue hair and that uses fossil fuels. So she doesn't really know what she's talking about. And we yeah. completely are skirting past the bigger issue, which is yep. this is going to lead to fucking earth death. Yeah. 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 It's like if you are being held hostage in like a tiny cell 
and your captor is like slowly turning up the heat and you're like, I'm going to die. Like he's like turning up the heat. I I will die in a matter of days. Like and he's live streaming you and you're like, (laughs) could someone please help? I'm being held by a mad, you know, also this guy's in here with bro. You'll die, too. You're going to die, too, just so you know. And then like nobody's paying attention when you're calmly explaining it. Like, okay, I'm in this situation and like nobody's watching. Nobody cares. You're like, then you start screaming for help barely anyone paying attention and then you start to do crazy stunts to try to get anyone to pay attention to you and they're they're like that's kind of in poor taste like really that's not really people aren't going to connect to that point by doing it like that it's like well i'm sorry do you know what the point is and regardless of whether or not you think that their way of doing it is whatever how you would do things can you connect to how dire the situation is because until I mean, I think that's like the hard part. It's like it's so dire and couple that with a system where people feel absolutely powerless. And then you look at like, well, our insistence on growth and like capitalist goals in terms of making these industries function is only making it worse. It just feels like this absurd situation. And it and it and it's really fucked up. And I think that's why so many people want to turn away because it's like, dude, I know it's bad. What the fuck can I do? I'm I'm sorry that the super glue isn't should have used Gorilla Glue, huh? (laughs) And I think that's it's I think it is important for people who are messaging about this to make it clear that it's not actually too late to vastly improve no. quality of life down the road. Like we're, we're, it's not like no matter what we do now, it doesn't matter. We're all doomed. That is not the case. That's what's so frustrating is yeah. that we can do things now. Like obviously if we really want to avert major disasters, we'd have to take very drastic change that I'm, I myself am pretty pessimistic we would be able to do. But it's a sliding scale. So, like, the more stuff we do, the more we rein in emissions, the better things are going to be. Yes, like, we're probably not, like, it's it's too late to prevent anything from happening. Like, there's going to be bad stuff that happens. But it's like the difference between, hey, some, like, terrible disasters and then just it, Earth being completely fucked. And it's yeah. like, yeah, that's, it's still worth fighting for a livable earth for people to have like a decent quality of life in the future. I, I just it frustrates me when people are just like kind of like, well, you know, we're doomed anyway. So whatever. We might as well, you know, make fun of the yeah. soup girls. Right. It's just I don't know. It's, it's very it, frustrating. Yeah, it's like we're, we're bickering over a board game in a burning house. Yes. Yeah. And we're like, well, that's not fair. You passed go and you should you weren't supposed to collect two hundred dollars. It's like uh, the house that we're even playing this dumb shit in is on fire. So none of this actually matters because there won't even be a venue for the stupidity come 100 years, come 200 years. So and I think I don't know, I think back to that quote from Inger Anderson, which was, again, saying that only a root and branch transformation of our economies and societies can save us. Right. And we've seen how much, you know, our our way of doing business and our concept of economy is completely poisonous. And that's what makes it really hard is like, well, the people that are in leadership at the heights of our economies and societies are invested in this completely backwards, disastrous way of running an economy or society. So, I mean, again, obviously, that's why, why the next thing is really about, well, then it's really about mass protest and yeah. other ways of, you know, collective action that 
I, I, I don't know how else it's going to resonate because you still have people running campaigns where they're truly saying stuff like it's not happening. It's just it's all blown out of proportion. Yeah. Right. And if you don't like the actions of climate activists, go out and do something better. Like yeah. if if you're like, ah, soup on a Van Gogh, that's not going to do anything good for the cause. And what will, asshole? Yeah. Like right. what what will? What will get media attention? Like we're still talking about the soup girls. I think like yeah. other climate, like like polite protests do not get attention. So like what are you going to do? to get media attention. And, and I'm actually like genuinely like I, I'm not saying this is like a sort of smarmy gotcha thing. Like if you don't like the kind of protests you're seeing, like join and join a movement and try to actually put your ideas out there for what you think would be a good protest. And like, you know, I mean, it's yeah. hard. It's just very hard. Yeah. I just think that there is a like we're all looking at each other and being like, fucking do something you do something yeah. I guess, i'm not gonna do something and like the person who's turning up the temperature is actually not in the room he yeah it's a it's a billionaire who's going to like own mountaintop property or like already bought a fucking island off of new zealand and like got lasik eye surgery to make sure that he's ready for the end time you know like it's yeah they, I'm not a billionaire, Jack. Come on now. <laughs> well, but you do have island, all that. I got that LASIK, though. You did buy all those islands <laughs> off news. No, it, it's that that was a big trend, though. That right. like yeah. there was the billionaire tech billionaire survivalist movement was like a mm-hmm. big thing people were talking about a few years back, and it's so like that is that's who needs to change things and. Like, yeah, I mean, we we have to figure out something to do, but we also have to recognize that the people who are causing this problem are not us. That It is a small group of people who need to be reached. And like, yeah, and really, I mean, shit, man, every day I'm getting closer and closer to like not eating meat. Like every it's just so wild. I'm like, man, I fucking love. I fucking love beef. You know what I mean? Fucking America. I love red meat. I love burgers and shit. But when you also you look at how much money has been invested too from like that industry to be like, hey, I'm glad they don't even think of our industry as being part of this conversation. And they're like, fuck. Yeah. Like, fuck this too. Fuck all these things. Uh, And if that's what it takes, it is what it is. But I don't know. Like to your point, it really it it, it isn't a it's a bad situation. And you can see how people immediately rather than being like, damn. They're doing all this stuff because it's really that bad. It's just someone being like, please don't remind me of how fucked up it is already. Please. Right. Yeah. And that's really the that's the place where so many people are operating from when really we need to be like, it's fucked up. But guess what? It's not too late and shit can still be done. So don't get all fucking doomed out about it, because if that's the case, you're fully just going to just you're going to welcome it with open arms at that point. But at least give yourself the you know take the breath and say there is something that can be done and when i hear about climate change your first thing shouldn't just be to shut down it's to unfortunately have to be like this is something we aren't talking about enough and our fucking leaders are completely um incentivized to not in a lot of instances yeah all right let's take a quick break because i want to uh google whether inger anderson has ever flown in a private jet so that I can feel better about her telling us we're fucked. <laughs> but we'll, we'll be right back to talk slap fighting, and we'll be right back. Happy. 
Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course, and Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island, and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And, you know, uh, the the story we were just talking about, uh, as we've been discussing for a while now, like that this is not a an environment to exist in that that promotes mental health, like just civilization wide. And I think we're seeing, you know, we're seeing a, a new stronger than ever satanic panic. We're also seeing the growth of like combat sports and to the point that they're like inventing new combat sports. There was that clip of the woman in the bare knuckle boxing 
like post fight video which just looks just you know it's it's brutal it's one of the most injured human beings i've ever witnessed like speak normally speaking yeah. and she's giving a cheerful answer about what a great opportunity this was and you know i i feel like that goes in the hall of fame with the jimmy fallon paris hilton board ape video of uh, like the hall of fame of western civilizational collapse but sort of in la- before that video i didn't know that bare knuckle boxing was a thing outside of like the 1800s or like yeah irish beef or like travelers like right traveler beef. i saw a whole documentary about that shit in like ireland and the uk of just like you know the tradition of bare knuckle fighting and it always ends up looking fucked up yeah it's it's a brutal brutal sport or like thing that people used to do that we had left behind but we're seeing this sort of devolution civilizationally and going back to these things and back in march you may have heard about how arnold schwarzenegger and logan paul had teamed up to create a a slap (laughs) slap fighting championship i know it's like that sentence one one of the worst series of words ever strung together in a sentence but yeah so ufc president dana white has his own power slap league (laughs) That he's developing after the Nevada Athletic Commission voted to allow the sport, presumably because it's cheaper than starting a set each other's crotches on fire with a Bic lighter league. I mean, that sounds <laughs> cool, though, actually. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, well, actually, depending on what kind of pants you're wearing, there might be like some good, I don't know. Oh, tension. yeah. During synthetic material. Oh, lights Oof. out. Don't do that. Please wear cotton. They've touted the various safety measures the league w- has gone to. Um, again, the league which exists purely in the service of showcasing two people taking turns slapping each other as hard as they can and not allowed to, like, protect yourself. Yeah, if you're not, if you've never seen this shit, just so, like, you're like, wait, what's slap fighting? Are they, like, in a boxing ring and, like, they're slapping? No, what they do is, like, they pull up to, like, a fucking arm wrestling type table where, like, you brace yourself with one hand and then you just have to fucking eat a slap. Some are stood... Some are seed or like at a table and it's just people sma- just coming around on each other, sw- just slapping the fuck out of each other. Yeah, that you state you have to stand completely s- still while you are slapped. It's horrifying. Wait, hold on. It's- I think I think Arnold Schwarzenegger has something to say after witnessing a, a, a major slap. <laughs> so we just saw some dude slap the shit out of another Poland guy versus Slovakia. All right, Governor. As a weightlifter, does he have an advantage being a powerlifter at slap fighting, do you think? Listen to the music. These two guys are just... No, I think it's all about the, you know, your skills, specific skills. I think you that think? everyone has their equal mm. chance. It's just, you know, who is the toughest? Who can take it, right? Okay, so that's a skill, Arnold? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all about your specific skill. Who is tougher? Who can take it? Who has more brain damage that they can, you know, just rationalize away? Yeah, so... So Dana White's whole thing is like boxing matches. You got guys getting hit 300, 400 punches. So what's the big deal with a little slapping, you know? I I see that logic from a very (laughs) childish view. People are like, oh, shit, I didn't realize he was a doctor. And he was like, oh, I'm I'm actually not a doctor. And they were like, oh, well, maybe we should just like check with a doctor real quick. Okay, And (laughs) doctors were like, this is really really a bad idea in my professional opinion those who partake in this quote sport 
will also suffer suffer the stigmata of chronic neurological injuries. Open-handed slaps delivered with such force to the opponent's face frequently cause the person's legs to buckle, at times suffer momentary, sometimes longer, loss of consciousness, and collapse to the floor. Oh, okay. And this sport was happening in Poland, and a slap fighter died during a match. Jesus. What? Do you know what he died? Like, what What was the cause of death? Like, was it like some he kind of He was knocked like... out several times during a fight, then taken to the hospital, put in a medically induced coma, died of irreversible damages to the central nervous system a month later. Oh, my later. God. So, yeah, yeah. Probably like brain swelling. Yeah, like, because yeah. when you're, there's like this thing, I'm not a big physics person, but I think like conservation of momentum. So, like, you're, when you, when you, when your face gets hit, and like you move around, I think your brain kind of moves at a different rate as your skull, right? And, and so it can bonk into that, and um, and then it's bad because like when your brain swells, there's not anywhere for it to go because it's inside of your skull. So then stuff starts to get kind of squeezed, squeezed around, and and that's right. bad. And then it bleeds, and you yes. can you can die. But yes. what's what's I mean, but that's three or four hundred punches. What's a little direct slaps to your temple <laughs> Christ. Right. that repeatedly knock you out? I mean, like even in a boxing match, like if you're knocked out, like the, the ref is like, all right, bro, you could, I didn't believe you after that 10 count. This, By this the way, over. boxing is not good. Neither is UFC no. fighting. <laughs> not good for you. No, but something called CTE. Yes, this this just feels especially barbaric, especially like the you know you are just serving yourself up like the idea that you're not allowed to defend yourselves means that like the sort of brain trauma that it is the the goal of good boxing you know instruction and talent and skill to avoid like is inevitable it's right. like you get right. they get three whacks at you and you know, organizers of the event where the person died was, were just like, yeah, that's included in the risk associated with this sport discipline. Oh, thanks, Ivan Drago. For right. That. Yeah. Well, it, I thanks Ivan Drago's lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, my... uh, what my client means to say when he says if he dies, he uh, dies. Is, is... I, actually, precisely that. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. OK, right. can we move on? That was a pretty cool slap. He actually though, wasn't thinks it? he's a fabric maker. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting. Like, the conspiracy theorist in my mind is saying, like, oh, this is, like, to get the masses, like, accustomed to suffering. It's to get a suffering mindset of, like, I should accept the punches. I should accept the slapping. I am I don't actually believe that. But it is, it, it's, it's very disturbing to me, this yeah. idea of, like, of, like, that it is admirable to receive pain and take it that's it's it's messed up it's like yeah, it's i know a, that i know women also participate in this but it is a form of toxic masculinity where it's like sure. like oh you should just you should just receive physical pain and be cool with it yeah right the coolest yeah. the coolest person in this room is the one that can endure the most physical abuse yeah and that's the coolest guy here yeah, actually, I, I've seen this, too. I mean, this is slightly a tangent, but I've seen this, too, with, like, childbirth, where there's this whole thing of, like, of women being proud of, like, doing it without any painkiller. It's like yeah. the pain makes it a real pregnancy. It's like, dude, no, what? Yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> right. 
No, like, like, get that shit in my spine as fast as possible. Grin and bear it, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's brutal. And I think it's something that, like, even if there is that high level conspiracy, people are looking for because of, you know, just the dark, fucked up place that, that we're, we are and are headed where there's like, violence being done to us but it is like violence that is silent and like you can't really see the violence necessarily or it's like hidden and so like someone coming out and doing doing the violence in the most like straightforward like okay here comes the big punch that is going to you know possibly kill this person everybody watch like we're we're gonna you know make an event of it and you know let the person just line it up well, yeah, I mean, so much of our entertainment is about watching others suffer. Like, I even find this, like, even when I watch, like, my shitty reality TV, like, it's to right. be like, wow, these people are completely out of control with their lives or their emotions. Yeah. Like, and it's yeah. a mess. <laughs> I mean, you Dahmer I mean? is the number one piece of entertainment of, like, right. the past five, six months. It's, you know, our JM s- submitted a story about how it's, like, one of the the big Halloween costumes this year is Dahmer. Like, they're... On Etsy, like so, most <laughs> mo- most of the most of the you know official stores are like, well, that's not good, and the victims' families. Spirit Halloween, sexy yeah. Dahmer isn't quite a thing. But right. people are selling. What I people are selling costumes on Etsy that are like you know blonde wig jumpsuit, and then they're also selling the Dahmer glasses. So mm. on, on eBay. So it's like that's I think uh, like when when that trailer first came out, I was like, oh, my God, like how how could they possibly think that people would want to watch this to distract us from our own suffering? Right. You know, watch other suffering. It's just yeah, you can you like you can rationalize what you're going through and be like, well, it's not at least I'm not getting murdered by this guy or at least I'm not in in this situation or at least I'm not getting slapped to shit. But that motherfucker is old boy. Yeah. Well, this is what I hear a lot about, about like true crime is people will listen to it or watch it like when they're trying to sleep or relax. And I mean, I've even done that where I'll, I'll be like watching some kind of like, like crime documentary. And it's like, man, I feel really relaxed watching this. Why? Like, it's yeah. a terrible thing. Yeah. And it's yeah, I think it is because it is shutting off your own anxieties and stress because you're like, well, at least <laughs> I'm not being murdered right now. It ain't me. Yeah. Yeah. Cannibalism is also, I think, a metaphor that really appeals to the American mind because we are essentially like cannibalizing each other. And that, like, that's kind of what America is, is like feeding on, and especially in the case of Dahmer, feeding on like people who are unprotected from, mm-hmm. like, by mm-hmm. society and just like, no. N- People, people complain, people reach out to the authorities and say there's something fucked up happening here and, and nothing happens. So, I mean, I, I can see at a metaphorical level, like how this, I don't, I don't think that's how people are watching it. I don't think they're like, this is a metaphor. This is for, why I'm actually watching it. It's due right. to my own think, sense of powerlessness, right? I think there is something yeah. that probably rhymes with it's like of, some of the dark shit that's happening in people's unconscious mind, you know? And yeah. then we're just yeah. like, God, I have anxiety. What? Why do I have? Why do I feel 
Why am I so freaked out? What do you what do you do all day? Uh, well, I read like really weird crime reports from the local news. Then I watch true crime, and then I'm I'm unable to look at another human being without having it caught up with all this other media I've ingested. So I'm kind of like in a constant fear cycle. And even if you're not doing that, you still have the reality to tangle with that we are in a world where that there is a gun pointed at us and people could do something to stop it. And they're just they're just not because rich people have too much money at stake. Yeah, having a tangible monster is a lot like I'm not saying it's good. Obviously, it's not. But having a tangible monster is at least easier to conceptualize than something that is far more sort of like disperse, you know, like the monster is the fact that, you know, wealth inequality, capitalism, consumerism, those things like, I don't know, like it's hard to conceptualize that as a threat to you. Whereas it's like, you know, scary guy with a knife. It's like, ah, I know what this is. I can conceive of that. Like, yeah, it's a relief. (laughs) And on the subject of problematic Halloween costumes, Jam also wrote about the sexy nurse costume, which is just something that I had sort of taken for granted. Since, you know, that that's been a thing for as long as my brain was, you know, storing memories. Obviously, like the sexy costume trend has expanded to the point that now there are multiple retailers selling a sexy Hamburglar costume for some reason. I mean, that just makes sense. Right. I think we've all always wanted to steal steals burgers and my heart. Yeah. (laughs) But the sexy nurse has like been sort of a linchpin of this movement. And it's been going on for a long, long time. Like it goes back to, I guess that used to be a thing that was associated between like, like when the police would arrest somebody like a sex worker, one of the options they would have available to them was to either like go to jail or nursing. And Hmm. people have just like associated the nurse with like sexualizing you know dehumanizing ideals and so quebec's professional order of nurses launched a campaign to fight back against this and you know they pointed out that nurses are constantly being like this contributes to the sexualizing of nurses and nurses actually are like sexually harassed at a Mm -hmm. shockingly high level between 60% and 87% of nurses experience sexual harassment at work, according to a 2006 literature review. And a 2018 poll found that out of 569 nurses, 71% had been harassed, had been harassed by a patient. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I have have friends in nursing and like, it was so normal of like dealing with like, if you're like a woman and a nurse and like some infirmed, creepy dude, I've I've definitely heard how how like normal it is and also how sort of used to it they are too. Yeah. Mm. Where they're yeah. like they're like and I'm like, well, what do you do? And then like we're just half the time somebody might be super fucked up or like be on like meds or something, so they're subdued and it's just more like yeah, okay, okay, yeah, uh huh, uh huh, like right. sure, sure, sure. And other times, like it's like sure, it does get bad where they're like, I have to like now I need security involved here because this person is. fully trying to like assault me yeah and it it sounds just awful but also just like really weird in the sense of sort of being like yeah it happens is like sort of the shorthand yeah yeah i mean it's it's interesting too because i think nursing 
is seen so much as like a a like a feminine profession because it has to do with caretaking, taking care of someone. And therefore, it's also kind of like devalued in a way where it's like, oh, this is, you know, this is essentially like women's work where you take care of someone rather than the sort of highly technical field that it is uh, mm-hmm. that saves lives. And also the fact that it is not it is not inherently a gendered profession, but we kind of have that like we put that on it. Right. Where it's like, oh, well, you know, it's it's someone taking care of someone. And so that's like a that's a feminine job. That's a, you know, sort of a woman's job. And so anything that has that, I think, will be like, you know, I mean, that's that may be what, you know, I think like men sometimes get made fun of for being nurses. Like what? This is like a this is a serious profession. Like what? Right. It's like, you know, and medical professional. Yeah, it's a serious medical profession. And it's like I think that must have a lot to do with it as well, where where whenever we have a field where it's associated with women or or femininity, it is like we either see it as frivolous and silly or we sexualize it. Or right. both. Especially this is a time like when the male patient is feeling vulnerable, right? If they're in medical care, you know, their their health is in question. So this becomes a way for like male patients to cope with feelings of helplessness and self-consciousness of their masculinity being threatened. And right. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's it a perfect ma- storm. Yeah, it's a perfect storm. But like, it, it would be great if we could stop contributing to it by making like a- every every halloween having like sexy nurse be one of the one of the top halloween costumes that's why yeah. you're going to sexy green goblin this year right i am going to sexy green goblin but that's that that was i couldn't help it i put on the costume and it just became know. sexy you know what i mean yeah, that's what they said you know? they said whoa are you sexy green goblin you're like the bag just says regular green goblin. It's just costume. green yeah. goblin. <laughs> I can't like, help it. Sir, those thighs. The good news is, so in light of the pandemic, costume retailer Yandy reportedly considered yanking the sexy nurse costumes, but in the end decided to sell them anyway. But because of COVID, they put them in the superhero category of their website, oh my God. thus fixing oh my everything. God. So I think we've we're done good it. here. We've done, we've done it. We've done it. We've done yeah, it. We've kind of buried the lead. So they did solve this mm-hmm. problem. Oh, oh, no, no. We'll take it out of the sexy category. It's a superhero category now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuckable mommy in medical outfit. <laughs> like, what? Ooh. Well, Katie, such a pleasure having you, as always. Uh, where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Yeah, so like you said earlier, I have my very own podcast called Creature yeah, Feature. Yeah. I talk about animals uh, and just like the kind of mind-blowing behaviors that they have that can be creepy, weird, scary, cute, or very oddly human-like. Mm. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Katie Golden. That's K-A-T-I-E-G-O-L-D-I-N. Uh, my ancestors spelled it wrong. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, and, and yeah, Pro Bird Rights uh, is, is a bird on Twitter, mentioning that for no reason. Have you gotten swept up in the like birds aren't real movement? Uh what a tiresome little petty movement they are. Yeah, I I, I haven't really like felt like I need to even dignify them with a okay. response because Good. uh it's so clearly uh false. Like it's they think nice. I'm taking government money to like send out bird drones. That's that's ridiculous. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
I just wanted to make sure that you had those talking points and we're ready. To I mean, half of the kids at that one rally, I'm like, these kids are just fucking stupid. And they just like that. They're at the stupid fest. Right. Be like, yeah, let's <laughs> turn up for this saying. Turn up. Birds are real. And I'm like, y'all don't. I think it definitely right. started as like a work of satire that has turned into something much stupider. Oh, do people actually. Be- I didn't think anyone actually believed it. I thought it was just like a joke. Oh, I thought I think with any wacky net you throw out, you're going to catch some some Mm. freaks on the way. People are like, you know what? I was just saying this. Thank you. And they're like, that one dude, Terry, that comes to that one dude, Terry, that's at all this stuff. I think he actually believes it. I, I thought, is that like how QAnon started kind of like? Most people thought it was sort of a joke and then it turned into a real thing. Or or am I wrong about that? Right. I think it's how a lot of things start. I think it's how, like Scientology started as like a bet between L. Ron Hubbard and like a friend to see how many people he could trick. And then was like, actually, this turns out to be real. Uh, Highly profitable. Said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? It is a um, a tweet by Talbart of uh, Jordan Peterson's Extremely Real Words. Here we go. I live inside this cube suspended about two feet off the ground. There's no escaping it. I'm not in the room. I shifted to the Harry Potter dimension. I'm playing Quidditch with Michelangelo on the Starship Enterprise, and I'm whipping out my little balls to get sucked off by your mother. I've had sex with your mother 50 times. All of those 50 times your mother topped, and I was the bottom. You're shaking. You're sitting here doing nothing in pure stupidity. And while you're doing so, I'm going to go jerk off in the library. Uh, yeah, well done, Tallbar. Way to go, Tallbar. <laughs> Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Holy shit. <laughs> I love when people chop up their fucking word, people's words like that. Uh, anyway, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Check Jack and I out on the number one rated basketball podcast. Miles and Jack got mad boosties. <laughs> Do not check the rated. charts to see, <laughs> to verify that. Just trust. Don't Most verify. informative, most not stupid, all of the above. 100%. Oh, and also check me out on 420 Day Fiance, obviously with Sophia Alexander. Oh, man, there's a lot of good tweets. First one, I just, we were talking about like walkability and bikeability. Ronnie Chen at Ron D-O-F-T-W tweeted, Day of uh, day three with an e-bike, and I have to come to the conclusion that all the annoying evangelical e-bike enthusiasts weren't promoting them hard enough. <laughs> and I'm telling you that e oh, it's it's pure fun. It's pure fun. It's, I, look, if you if you have a chance, I know like in Denver they have a really interesting pro uh, pilot program out there where like they're incentivizing, like they're giving rebates for people to buy uh, electric bikes. Look into that. Another one uh, I t- uh, like is from Big Spooky Tim at Big Money Tim tweeted, wish haunted houses had like a chicken night where you could walk through, but nothing would jump scare you. All the monsters would be there and they just say hi and explain their little room's <laughs> lore. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I definitely like that. And then last one, shirts that go hard uh, tweeted. This guy has, I don't know if. He has a T-shirt with the THX logo on it, and it says, I make the THX <laughs> sound when I come. And also, you know what, fuck it, just for... 
the people in the back that are younger and might not have understood what the THX sound is at the beginning of films. You you knew you were watching a fuck something that was in THX because the shit would come up and let you know. And then this is what it would sound like when you're in the theater to be like, oh, it's THX. Okay, there's a fucking pre-roll. <laughs> I was like, that's not it. <laughs> right. It's just that that Hudmo song. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. This and here we go. The THX sound for the youth. <laughs> now, just thinking, this is the sound I made. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa! Take me back. <laughs> And you're like leaning back in your seat, like, oh man. Oh, <laughs> I, I also liked the big spoopy twi- Tim uh, tweet and Pope Awesome the 13th tweeted first day as Vampire Hunter. This is easy. Lol. First night as Vampire Hunter. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, Footnote. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do you think people might enjoy? Okay, you're going to enjoy this track. This is a band called The Putbacks. And I'm I don't I don't know where they're from, but they have uh, like they're like a rhythm section. There's like a drummer, a bass player, a guitar, key, keyboard player, and they've backed some really fantastic band. They 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 worked with Hiatus Coyote, and I was like, wait, hold on, okay. So now people who are like doing backup stuff for them have their own band. This band is really fucking dope. This track is called Little Flower, and their whole style is like because they're just such like tight like rhythm section musicians and stuff. Their stuff sounds like it's like a mix between like the meters and like David Axelrod's like, you know, Blue Note stuff mixed with like bad, bad, not good or Krungbin as they would describe. And I think that's a pretty good uh, assessment or description of their music. So this is the putbacks with Little Flower. All right. Well, we'll, we will link off to that in the footnotes. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. Back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. 
I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.